Welcome to today's daily audio podcast with Pastor Ken Spicer. We invite you to search the scriptures daily and allow God's love, grace, and favor to be the hallmarks of your life. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast this morning. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you were able to be with us last night on our uh, midweek service. If you weren't, maybe you could have live streamed it. We had uh, uh, John Norman with us from Hillsong, South Africa, formerly. He's going to be uh, planting a new Hillsong somewhere in the States here soon, uh, and we had a great time with them last night. At any rate, here we are now in Acts the 10th chapter. We're going to pick it up here just a moment in verse 24. Peter is traveling to uh, the city of um, of Caesarea. He's going down to the home of Cornelius the Centurion. And uh, so everybody's up to speed on that. Let's pick it up in verse 24. It says, On the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. They're about to have a Bible study, a home Bible study, um, a, a, a home group, you could say. And these people remember the, the whole reason Peter is here is because Cornelius had seen a vision or had seen an angel who instructed him to send for Peter. Uh, These people are hungry. These people want to be saved. They want to know Jesus. They want eternal life. They are hungry for for the truth of God's Word. And so um, as Peter was coming in, verse 25, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up. I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. And then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company or to go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now this is a little insight here, and you will see Peter's full explanation of that. Uh, in the next chapter, in chapter 11, when he gets back to Jerusalem and he's actually um, confronted over this whole issue. But it shows us here that uh, from the earlier part of this chapter that Peter understands exactly what God was trying to say when he was showing him the unclean animals. That, That he wasn't just talking about Levitical food laws, but he was talking about human beings, people that God died for, people that Jesus sacrificed himself for, and that included everybody, Jew and Gentile alike. And so Peter gets it, and that's very encouraging for Peter, and it's encouraging for us to see that Peter gets it. So sooner or later, you and I will get it. Uh, If he can, then we can. Amen. Okay, verse 29 says, Therefore I came without objection. As soon as I was sent for, I asked then, For what reason have you sent for me? Verse 30, so Cornelius said, Well, four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send them therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. And so I sent to you immediately, verse 33 says, And now you have done well to come. Now therefore we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. 
So here we see this man's hunger shows through in his conversation. All he wants is the truth of God's Word. All he wants is to experience Jesus. You know the biggest problem with religious people that we encounter today is that they've never experienced Jesus. They've intellectually grasped the Word. They've parsed it. They've poached it. Man, they've talked about it. They've pontificated it. They've maybe written about it or whatever. They've read everybody's commentary, but they've never experienced Jesus. And here we see this man who knows nothing. He doesn't know enough to be religious. He just knows that there's something more than what he's had in life, and he wants that. So in verse 34, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Notice what Peter begins to preach. He begins to preach the very message God just ministered to him right before uh, the people from Cornelius' home came to get him. I find this all the time. Whenever I'm ministering, whether it's in our own church or whether I'm out on the road, uh, it's always something God is ministering to me. I am never really uh, have the freedom of going back and just picking and choosing a message, something that I preached before that was really good. I mean, there's been times over the years I've done that, but usually, mostly, the emphasis is always on the revelation that I have been given by the Holy Spirit for that season in my life. And so here we see Peter is in this new season now, and, and something grand is about to happen. And he's now ministering forth this truth that he knows God just shared with him in his own personal life. And so he's letting that be known. Verse 35, But in every nation, whoever fears him, God, and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him understand that Jesus was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and power and then he went about doing good and healing those that were oppressed by the devil. So the power inside of Jesus prompted an action, prompted a reaction. That reactive um, response was to love people, to minister life, to, to reach into the hurting humanity around him, and he began to heal all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Remember, just this past Sunday, we talked about John 14, 12. Jesus said, If you believe in me, the works that I have done you shall do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. And he's insinuating, or implying rather, that the Holy Spirit will come upon us once he goes to the Father, which enables us to do the works that he did. Well, what did he do? Well, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Guess what? God is with you and God is with me as well. So as we go through our life daily, we ought to be those people uh, doing good and healing all. Listen, we don't do good because God's going to love us more when we do. We don't do good because we're expecting to get something out of it for ourselves. We do good because we've already gotten the kingdom. The Bible says it's His good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Our Father loves us completely. So now we are energized by the truth of His Word and we go about doing what Jesus did. Do you think Jesus had any confusion about the Father's love for Him? 
Do you think Jesus had any confusion about where his eternal destiny lie? Uh, I don't believe so. So what we do see from him is an example for us that we do these things because the power to do them is within us. And so a lot of people say, well, if you preach grace, then it's going to cause people to sit back and do nothing. It will do no such thing. It will cause people to do more than they've ever done. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul, talking about the Pharisees, said, I labored more abundantly than they all. In fact, he's talking about the other apostles as well, and he is the apostle of grace. He said, I labored more abundantly than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God within me. So grace is never going to cause anybody to sit back and do nothing. It's always going to propel a life into the will of God for them. Let's move on now. Verse 39, uh, Peter goes on. He's preaching now. He says, And we are witnesses of all things which he, Jesus, did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not at all the people, uh, not to all the people rather, but to witnesses chosen by God, even us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. Now, uh, again, this harkens back to Acts chapter 1, uh, where he showed himself uh, amongst his believers for 40 days. Uh, and so, you know, th this is, again, just a, a confirmation of what was already said in this uh, particular book. And he commanded us to preach to, to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judged of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. So here we have it. We're going to stop right there for today. But believing on him is what causes you to be born again, to be forgiven, and to be empowered with grace to go do exactly what he said. Well, we're going to come back tomorrow and find out the culmination of Peter's sermon. I think you're going to be surprised and energized. If you want to read ahead, just read the rest of this chapter, and that's where we'll hit tomorrow starting in verse 44. But in the meantime, thank you for your time today, and go rejoicing today knowing that God has given you something that you can impart to those around you. God bless, and we'll see you right here tomorrow. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray you are blessed by God's Word. For more information, visit our website at www.newcreationca.org.